The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. If you have your Bible, join me. We're going to go into the Old Testament this morning in chapter 12 and verse 24. You know, when we were talking to the... Uh, what did I say? Guys, if y'all can't figure that out, it's not my problem. Ah, oh, First Samuel. <laughs> I told you what part of the Bible... Anyway, so I was glad to hear Steve identify what was for dinner tonight because I didn't know what a traditional Louisiana Thanksgiving dinner might be. Maybe Nutria, maybe Alligator. I didn't really know. But I'm glad to know um, turkey is on the menu. Turkey, ham, whatever is works for you guys. It certainly worked for us. Look forward to that time of fellowship tonight and a celebration of God's goodness. Well, I almost died Friday. Um, the, we, me and the boys got up, tended some things, had to do stuff with the little pups, and then the wind wasn't blowing. And so all I could think of was how far off the coast I could get in the boat. And so Anna didn't want to come, and I don't know if I've told you I burnt her out so bad I got to pay her to go. But, um, and I didn't have $10, so they had to stay home. But then she brought me this book, and I had totally forgotten about this women right so she knew she wasn't going to go fishing and make the shrimp money because she always brings me my bait so big daddy don't have to run all of the boat every time but anyway so she brought me this book she goes hey dad you see this picture i drew i was like yeah baby that's awesome it's a castle she goes yeah i made it just like you told me i was like okay and she goes you remember why you gave me this book I said, no, so you could draw it. She said, no, because you told me if I drew, you would buy all my pictures. <laughs> so the little finagler got out of the fishing money, but still was creating a, you know, a, a financial revenue stream. And so I don't know which one of your sons make it stuck with her, but I hope he's gainfully employed. <laughs> um, that, that chick ain't cheap. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, me and the boys got out there, and we were out there in the middle of, literally in the middle of nowhere, can't see land anywhere, and we pull up to one of those old rigs, and I don't know if you're supposed to be on them or not, if you're not supposed to be, I didn't do it, okay? So anyway, it was a concrete platform that you could tell water had been over when the tide was up, and it looked really slick. So I was like, boys, let's just tie up, and y'all go out there. Y'all go out and just fish around it, and if y'all catch some, I'll come out. And so I was sitting there, and boy, they were. They were just catching them and running them back, and it didn't look slippery to them. And so I had my sandals on, and I thought, I'm going to do it. So I went out there, and boy, we were running fish back and forth, throwing the live well. And then I was going back with the fish, and I don't remember what happened. I just remember feeling the cold water and then the boys going, Dad, are you okay? And I remember holding on to the boat and trying to get my fish back in the boat on the pole 
Because if there was anything, I was going home with that fish. So I threw it in there, lodged my pole up so I could hold on to it, and I'm sitting there in the water thinking about all the sharks. Because there's sharks in the water, and then, so I'm holding on <laughs> the bank and the boat, and I'm looking up, and the boys are looking down at me. And like, Dad, what do you want us to do? And I was like, I was looking around for a ladder. And there wasn't one, and I thought, I'm pretty a size old boy. I don't know how I'm getting out of here. So I was like, well, one of you is going to have to get in the boat or hold the boat up, blah, 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 blah. But I was like, oh, my phone, right? The worries and the phones. And so I threw it over. And then I could feel stuff burning on my toes. Apparently them barnacles are sharp. I don't know if anybody knows what those are. So anyway, I rolled my fat honey in, out of the water, into the boat. My feet looked like hamburger meat. And I was glad I felt thankful to be alive. And then I pictured, you know, as we were driving back for 30 minutes, my boys looking at me, not knowing, they didn't know what to do. There was nothing you could do. They couldn't pick me up. And I just remember no matter what kind of thought just occurred, no matter what kind of situation I'm in, God knows exactly what to do. When I'm as helpless as I can possibly be, he knows exactly how to get me out of that situation. And so I am thankful this morning, one, to be alive. Second, that I got the fish um, that I caught. It wouldn't have been the same story. I would have lost my dignity as a man if I had lost the fish. But I may have lost my dignity as a man with my sons in the whole process. So anyway, First Samuel Chapter 12 and verse 24, and over the last two weeks, including today, what I've tried to do was set out the scriptural prescription for gratitude. That, yeah, Lord, if I'm supposed to be thankful to you, then how do you want me to be thankful? You know, if, um, in relationship counseling there's a book that I, y'all heard me mention before and it's 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 kind of corny but it's called the five love languages by gary chapman and what it investigates is how we each feel loved and appreciated and for each one of us that can be in a very different way than we show love and appreciation and so what i've tried to set out to accomplish is, Lord, what do, how do we relate to you? How do we respond to you in a way that you feel that we are grateful, that we behave as though we're grateful? And, Lord, so that we can live in a thankful manner. What does it look like to you? Not how have we defined it. And so... This passage here in the Old Testament jumped out at me this week, and I hope it speaks and challenges all of us to a level of, a greater level of thankfulness, of gratitude. So this morning we'll be looking at four signs of gratitude. I'm going to ask if you would stand out of respect and recognition for his infallible inner word, serving as a final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Just one verse this morning. It says, above all, above everything, fear the Lord and worship Him faithfully with all your, what's it say? Consider the great things He has done for you. 
Lord, this morning we approach your throne through the blood and the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, I come as a man in need of forgiveness, as a man in in need of the hope that you always bring, but also a man that has been blessed tremendously. Lord, my heart's desire is is to to tell you and to show you to live that gratitude and thankfulness. But I more often find myself being selfish, self-centered, impatient, and unkind toward you above all. And so, Lord, I pray that you would take this passage and use it. May it come to life in the application of our lives so that we would never be the same. As men and women who know we need to change, may we make the decisions necessary such. And Lord, tonight, may you bless our fellowship. Thank you for the women and the men that have served to protect, provide, Lord, decorate, and we'll give you the glory and the honor when these things have been said and accomplished for your glory. Amen. You be seated, friend. So it says above all, so no matter what I've thought about before, no matter what I've pondered, it's time for me to kind of set the stage, erase the board, if you will. Prepare for the Lord to tell me exactly what I'm supposed to know, hear, understand, and respond to. And so, in my response to who He is, and remember we've discussed a lot about His attributes that He is worthy of worship and praise, whether I do that or not. That God is sovereign. And His sovereignty is separate from His action in restoring and sustaining creation. He is sovereign whether He interacts with me or not. He is sovereign because of His position. He is sovereign because He is Creator. He is not sovereign just because He answers my prayer. Does that make sense? Everyone say, Amen. So my gratitude toward Him, really by definition and because of His position, is re- it's, it's, it's not based on what He's accomplished for me, it's that He created me. Right? That's the position that I should live the rest of my life grateful for. Now, most of us, when you ask us if we've had a good day or if we've had a good life, we can list everything that went in a manner we didn't agree with or we didn't appreciate, right? Have you had a good day? Well, I woke up and I ran out of hairspray. That's a big one for me. I, I, I use hairspray. Right? You gotta have your hairspray. My blow dryer. My car wouldn't start. One thing that used to get real frustrating was my windshield was, we talked about it this morning, frozen. I don't know, do y'all ever have a frozen windshield? You do? Huh. Well, every morning I look out and I'm like, man, it looks cold. And I go out and I'm like, the mosquitoes have come back. I don't know how y'all survive. I mean, anyway, let's go. So I will teach, he says above, I'll teach you the good, the right, and the way. And, and here it is. Above all, the first thing to being grateful to the Lord is there will be a fear of the Lord. Again, we're taught as kids, because as kids, 
Now let's pretend for just a second, let's explore fear. If we had never sinned, and we were in the Garden of Eden, would fear have the same definition fear does today? What's the things I fear today? I feared for just a second as I was falling that I could die, right? I fear spiders. Me and Steve were trying to repair some lights the other day, and man, we were getting in that shed, and that shed looks spidery. And that is a real adjective, really spidery. And so I climbed through the darkness of the spidery cavern that's called a shed. And I was on this wobbly bench, and I was already a little rattled, and I turned my flashlight on, and I said, Roger, I ain't touching that ladder until I've inspected every single inch, because are you aware of what a spider bite can do? You can lose a finger, a hand, an arm, half a thorax. I mean, you just really never know. So I scanned that thing, and then that bench stood up and spooked me a little bit. And Roger almost heard the preacher say a little wordy dirt, right? I was like, Roger, you didn't just hear me almost say that. And then I inspected it, and there was no spiders. And I was like, he goes, you really ain't kidding about your little fear. And I was like, no, Roger. It controls me. And fear does. But let's go back. That if spiders were never a thing, death was never a thing. If sickness were never a thing, if bad people were never a thing, then fear would have a different meaning. And so when the Lord speaks of fear, it is not this fear of something that is going to or intends to bring you harm. But it is a reverence, a recognition, and a response to a God over all the universe. But it is not, it is also not just a happy fear. It is a fear that he holds all the power under his voice and it belongs to him. And so that fear, while oh, Jesus wouldn't hurt, you've read the Old Testament. Now that was post-Adam, right? That's fallen world. But God has the power to do whatever is right. Whatever God does is right. And so my fear of him is not just, he loves me. But it is the recognition that God has the power to create but also the power to destroy. And so, now we we know, yes, God loves us. I'm not here to take away from that. But we look at fear and we say, oh, well, God wouldn't want to fear us. Well, God does want you to fear us in what fear was supposed to be, not what it became in a fallen world. And so one... If we're appreciative, if we're grateful to the Lord, if we're thankful, there'll be a fear of Him. Now, it goes on to say, fear the Lord and worship Him. Some of your Bibles will say there will be a service for Him. So if I fear Him, it puts Him in a different situation in my life. 
It puts him as the head. It puts him as the authority. It puts him as the judge, the creator, sustainer, my father, the lover of my soul, but also the one who sees and watches from his position and must respond in justice because God is... And so worship is whatever is worth my time and attention. That's worship. Some worship television. Some things are more of a negative nature. Some a little video game. Some husbands, spouses. Some sons and daughters. But whatever resides in the place that you're... Catch this one. Whatever sits in the place you're most afraid of losing is what you worship. Now he's saying fear, above all fear him. Above all fear that God is not in the position he demands. God called you to put him as the Lord of his life. Of your life, sorry. Wrong pronoun. Put you the Lord of Him, the Lord of your life. Okay. So if that's where I'm living, then that's naturally how I'm going to worship. But then I'm going to recognize that He needs to stay there. He needs to stay there in anything that creeps in because Scripture tells us God is a jealous so i got to be careful. Because a lot of things are going to want to creep in there. I'd rather, in my flesh, be afraid of people that I can see smile at me than a God who I hope is smiling at me. Does that make sense? I want to see. I want, I want interaction. And in a world that's become interactive, we worship the interaction over the value of the position. Let's keep going. There'll be a fear. I'm going to have you folks out on time today. And I will require if there is a coconut cream pie. Some of it. Okay? It doesn't have to be the first slice. But if you see it and there's one slice, no preacher let us out on time. Alright? Just keep carry that close to your heart. Now, if there ain't no coconut cream pie, don't you worry about it. I don't know if y'all eat stuff like that down here. There will be worship service. Number three, there'll be a faithfulness. Above all, fear the Lord and worship Him. What's it say? Faithfully. You know, we got married. There was no discussion of how we would live, Right? We agreed to love each other faithfully. Does that make sense? And so here's the deal. The Lord tells me to love Him faithfully. Which means He's telling me, don't pursue someone, don't pursue anyone else, or you'll be considered unfaithful. Well, you know, since me and Jeanette said our marriage vows... I don't think we've ever really had to set out to try to redefine what faithfulness means. If there's someone else, then you're not. Right? 
If, if it's just me and her, then she is, and vice versa. So when God tells us, if you want to show me gratitude, then you need to be faithful. And what I'm asking you to be faithful for is, one, fear me, put me in that position of authority and lordship of your life that I deserve. I'm the creator, I'm the sustainer. And fear that. Fear anything coming into play. Men, you should be afraid that anyone, any woman would take the attention and the faithfulness away from your marriage. It's not just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope it doesn't happen. It's you better live fearful that anyone would creep into that situation and destroy your family. It's not just a hope. It's a fearful intention. And ladies, the same thing. I don't care how much like Fabio he looks like, you keep your eyes off of him. Do y'all know who Fabio is? Okay. We got some like, huh? Preacher just said Fabio. You've probably never heard Fabio worked into a sermon before. There you go. Above all, fear the Lord and worship him faithfully with all your heart. So when I come to worship, when I live in worship, all my heart means is there's no one in the throne of my life that holds the position of Lord. And last, there'll be an awareness. So as a believer, we claim to have made a decision. And in that decision, we say we make Him the Lord of our life. And so we, we place Him in that position. Now place Him there. You placed Him there. And we should live afraid that, that anything is going to impose because He's told me to fear Him and worship Him. Worship is, right, is a present active, present future. And so I've got to keep Him there. And then I'm supposed to worship Him with my whole heart to ensure nothing removes Him from that position of authority. Now, He's always going to hold that position of authority. But you may not be living like it's His position of authority. See, whether or not you worship Him doesn't change whether or not He's God. Does that make sense? He's God. You, you can do whatever you want to. That doesn't change anything. But then, when these things are done, and I realize He's the sovereign King and Creator and Sustainer, and He does love me, and then I'm supposed to have the fear, not of some vengeful God, but He does possess that power, and He does possess that opportunity in times of necessary justice. So I don't want to offend Him. But then I'm going to look back on my life and all of the credit goes to the Creator. Because Scripture says, and we talked about this last week, all good things come from the Father of life, the Father above. And so it's easy for me to keep Him there when I worship. It's easy for me to keep Him there when I live in appreciation rather than resentment. It's easy to keep him there when I live a life that's righteous rather than trying to justify my wrongs. And any time I have to try to justify my wrongs, I'm trying to remove his position of authority and sovereignty 
in my life and put me there. So no matter what you have, wife, husband, kids, home, vehicles, health, no matter if your health is struggling, no matter if you've lost moms, dads, sons, daughters, it doesn't change that he's still the king of kings and lord of lords. But from my little position and my little place in this, the chronological timeline of infinity, I respond to everything negative with a great passion. And I respond to everything positive with a grain of salt. Rather than responding to everything that's great with a passion that is worship. And with everything that's bad, with that little grain, because I'm called to be salt and light. That I understand, I understand this life is going to hurt. I understand people get hurt as children. I understand life is a struggle. But why do I keep trying to put someone else in that position when no one else loves me enough or has the power to provide and take care of me as he does? Gratitude is who you give the appreciation to. Now, there's God, and then there's family, right? And church, and then friends. And we should always be grateful when someone does something kind for us. But He did the kindest thing for you. And so, may we live in gratitude. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity we have to come together this morning and and every moment spent in the study of your word is certainly never a moment wasted, but a moment invested in trying to understand what you've revealed about yourself. There's so much more, Lord, that, that we cannot begin to understand or comprehend. And scripture says to never cease wondering. Oh, Lord, there's so much more, but what you've shown us was what was necessary. You revealed to us what is necessary today for us to have a proper, an acceptable relationship with you. And Lord, you have been good. Some will be going into the holidays, Lord, hurting, frustrated, disappointed, alone. Lord, your your mercies, they endure forever. So I pray, Lord, for all of us, no matter how good, no matter how bad, that we would fear you. Lord, we, we would. Because you're worthy of it. Not out of your anger, not out of your meanness, but out of your power. Lord, we'd fear you and, and we would worship. And we'd worship and serve you faithfully. And then it says, last when these things have been done, that, that we would consider your goodness to us. That we would make it a point to look around and realize God is so good. So Lord, as we go today, may today be a rest, a time of preparation for some. 
rest for others. May tonight be a celebration of a church family who has always been loved by you, always been favored. Lord, this week as we prepare for a funeral of a friend and a loved one, a, a brother in Christ, may you give the family strength and peace. And the Lord, come Thanksgiving, may there be many giving thanks. No matter our situation, because you still are the sovereign King and Creator. In the name that is above every name, that name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, friend, for just a moment. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord... Please come up, please, please, please let me pray with you. If you've never fallen in baptism, please let let me help you that first step of obedience. If you've been visiting, you'd like to make this your church home, we'd love to have you. Um, Whatever it is you need, I'll be sitting off here to the side. The altar is open. You move as the Holy Spirit leads. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.